Hey guys, Jesse from Flyers Alley. I'm here to tell you to head on over to www.bodycheckwellness.com and use our promo code OCS in all caps to save 25% on your hemp-derived CBD oils, functional mushroom blends, and edibles for you and your doggos. We all love Body Check Wellness in the Alley. You guys will too. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Flyers Alley. I'm Donnie Hockey here with Soko Jake and Jess Hess. How's it going, guys? Good, good, besides of our Flyers, but uh, everything else is going well in my world. Good stuff, good stuff. Jess? Hey, welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to be on for my first episode here. So let's jump into Alley Talk right away if you guys don't have anything else. All right, so first thing we got, two losses to the Islanders. Neither of them were pretty. There were better moments, and the second one looked promising at points. But overall, just the same shit hockey we've been seeing most of the time this past week. So over this last nine-game losing streak, what have you guys seen, and what do you think played out in these games that were the biggest reasons we couldn't get it going? Well, me personally, start, uh, tonight, yeah, tonight I actually took a, a nap at 7 o'clock in honor of our Philadelphia Flyers because it seems like they take a nap every night at 7 <laughs> o'clock. Um, and that's just exactly what it seems like. It looks like they're just going through the motions. They're, they're not having fun. They're not playing hard. They're not well coached. Um, there's got to be big changes. I know. There's rumors about Drew uh, we'll, we'll hit on later. But uh, I, I was so excited for this year with all the um, new guys we brought in and um, getting rid of some old guys. and uh, I, They just let me down completely so far. I know we still got half a season to go, but it, it's not looking good at the moment. No, it's I, I agree with Jake. I was so excited in the beginning of the year, too. I literally said to so many people, I was like, I honestly can't wait for the season to start. But here we are about midway, and everything is still as depressing as it usually is. But um, the I didn't really – I didn't watch the first Islanders game. I, I wound up watching the third period of yesterday and then overtime and the shootout. Um the yeah like you had mentioned Donnie the um the second game was much better they looked better I think they played better um Carter Hart actually looked really strong in the shootout for once um but it's just everyone keeps chalking it up to COVID and I'm done using that as an using that as an excuse because it's just it you can't like, yeah, it's hitting every team in the, the first league. game that they, yeah, and the first the first game that they like really took a dump. It was like okay, all these people are out with COVID, but like when they came back, it was still ugly. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's a big part of it. I think another thing that sort of hits us too is is that that prospect pool that just doesn't exist for us really right now. When we have to pull guys up, we're pulling up guys that are 28, 29 and just not NHL caliber players. Like you see it with guys like Max Wilman in the lineup, Connor Bunneman's played in the league here and there and then you see it with Mayhew too. Like none of them really have shown that they can belong in an NHL lineup and that they they need to stay there. And so having AHL top six guys playing on our team night tonight really shows through. Um, yep. Playing off that, I think another big issue for this team right now is just leadership. And whether that's coming from Giroux or whether that's the fact that we're missing guys and there's inconsistencies from Couturier and, and the older group, um, that, that could all play a part. But I think part of it's coaching and I think part of it's just the way this team prepares because they come out flat so much more often than any other hockey team I see in this league. And I like to watch a lot of games and it just seems like this team needs something to motivate them. And usually that's going down a couple of goals to really get themselves into a game. And even then it's not consistent. What do you guys think they should do to try and, and, and get that energy back, get that sort of will to even go out there and play as a team? What's the biggest hole there? I, I think that there has to be change for – I think change is going to be good for Giroux and the Flyers. And it's not just all on Giroux. I mean, the whole organization, even the people that are running the team, whoever the hell it is now, Comcast, whatever. But, I mean, they've just been a disgrace as well with everything they've done about, you know, not saying anything about um, Mr. Snyder's um, birthday and everything like that. And then the, they're going to start taking a hit now not only because the COVID policies that are in, in effect at Wells Fargo Center, but just the play that's going on at, at the Wells Fargo Center. So I think that's what needs to, to make the biggest change is hit these guys in the pocket so they don't just keep putting mediocre hockey team out in front of us saying, oh, our fans are great. They're going to show up no matter what. If we hit them in the pockets, they're going to have to make change because they're going to start losing money and they're going to lose money fast. So me personally, I mean, my – Mom got my son um, Flyers tickets for Christmas, so that'll probably be the only time I, I go to a Flyers game. I got offered tickets tonight, tomorrow, row 10, lower level, and um, I said, nah, I'd rather not put money in their pockets. Very true. <laughs> but it's like the cheaper the tickets, the more likely I'm willing to go, at least right now. But, um, yeah, leadership is a big, a big part of it. Um, having, having a coach in general that you know is not going to stick around is probably hard for the team. Like, they don't have – it's like, well, yeah, we're going to listen to this guy now, but what's he going to do for us in the future? Nothing. So, like yeah. – A lame duck it's, coach. It's probably hard you know playing. He's get fired. Yeah, but it's like it's it's not that they're not meshing well with the coach. Cause, I mean, they they've they've had him like he was there before, but I guess it's different being a head coach. I don't know how to play hockey. I'm not an NHL player, but I don't know. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's part of it too. Shout out to uh, Wade and Frankie getting on here and, and uh, putting out some comments. Frankie mentioned that there's some great photos from last night's game that will be going out later, so everyone should make sure to check those out. Those will be awesome. Um, thanks to Frankie for going out and going and getting those. Good work by him. Um, so next, I think the big thing, and Jake, you already mentioned it once, is Claude Giroux. And the fact that he might be gone by the deadline, um, it'll take him waiving his no-movement clause. Um, so he'll have to, to pick teams that he's willing to go to, contenders. But uh, where do you guys think uh, he could end up? Who did did someone or, say today in the group chat that he did already waive it? Did uh, say that? Yeah, I think it's just rumors at the, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But um and he also mentioned it might be to the Rangers, which I mean, yeah. I'm not the biggest Drew guy, but I don't want to see anybody that's been on my foot one of my Philadelphia teams go to a, a rival. Absolutely. So him going to the Rangers would just hurt me a little bit. I can only imagine big Drew fans like uh, Frankie James and Donnie Hockey. I, I know that would have to hurt seeing him playing um, the red, white, and blue for the Rangers. I mean, that's that's just nauseating to me. It's like having – well, I mean, it's pretty far gone now, but like Jeff Carter playing for the Penguins right now. Yeah. That but stinks every time I have It was to funny. Yeah. I agree. I'm just like, I don't like seeing, I think his first game with them, I was like, that's disgusting. But um, yeah, I, it was funny because last night, I don't know if, if, if you guys could watch the game, if you have ESPN plus, but I had, I have it and um, I was watching it and they were talking about Drew and Kevin Weeks said that he thinks Drew would be good in Boston. Yeah, there's a lot of places that. that could use him. That doesn't mean they're going to get him. Yeah. I think if he had to go anywhere right. where he has a good shot, like I'd love to see him go to the Avalanche, Western Conference team, someone that doesn't beat up on us all the time, this shit product we put out. But um, I don't know if they're going to have the cap room to make it work. One big destination I've heard talked about is the Minnesota Wild, who are starting to look like they could get there. Um, Kirill Kaprizov's an unbelievable player. He's established himself as a point-per-game player already. And he's a winger, and a number one center to play with him would really help Drew play some of the better hockey of his career, being able to set up someone like that. Um, obviously, I don't want to see him go for, for my sake for as a fan, but for his sake, putting him somewhere where he can compete in the playoffs because – I mean, we all remember 2010, 2012. He was just a warrior in those playoffs. And so I think he deserves to be back there. And I think that it's it's a waste of assets right now to keep him on this team with no 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 real point of having a player that good on a team that's not going to do anything when we can get picks for him and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. I think – they just need to work it out, and, and Drew's got to see it's better for him as well. If, if he if his goal, I know his number one goal was to win Philly a cup, but now at some point you got to start thinking about yourselves, and you're looking at your organization. It's not we're not moving in the right direction right now. So if I was G, I, I would be begging to get out and saying, pick any of the top 
five teams in each conference, and I'll wait my no trade calls just to get a couple more shots at, at a championship. Absolutely, and I think I think he's he's really playing his heart out because there have been scouts at games, and there's been a lot of talk about that people watching him. Um, and, and he's really been playing well these past few games, especially last night against the Islanders. He was buzzing out there again, um, which is just what he's always been. But 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 seeing him do that and, and just just be him, even when this team's not performing well, whether it's it's for for him being able to demand the highest price when when he moves out at the deadline and making sure the teams that are in contention want him on their roster or it's just because. He continues to be the same G we've always known and, and playing his best hockey no matter what. Um, it's it's really been bittersweet watching him play this season, and I hope it's not his last in the orange and black. And it's it's funny because you say like he's had a really like really strong uh, last few games, but he's really had a strong year. Mm-hmm. He's like he's I feel like this is the past like couple years he really. Like he's one of the strongest players on the team right now, and he's—I mean, he should be, being the captain and all. But and but that's not everything. But he's really having a year, and it sucks that that the whole team can't back him up because there's no reason. Like, what kind of NHL team has two ten-game losing streaks in one season? I mean, we're not at yet inevitable, right? Yeah, no, that's that's and Drew, that's, like he he really he deserves to go somewhere that's gonna that he's gonna succeed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're a lottery team this year, and there's not really any time to turn that around. Nor should we try and end up with a middling pick again that'll turn into a prospect that, in all likelihood, with our draft history, will will never end up seeing the NHL. So, hope for the top. There's a lot of good players coming in. This draft class isn't isn't the best in a while, but there are definitely some some gems throughout it. Yeah. All right. So next, offensive holes. This team doesn't score. Um, I mentioned earlier. I think a big reason for that is is momentum's really hard to maintain when you have a bottom six that's playing at the AHL level, not really the NHL level. Um, sort of kills the confidence of the team when half the time the puck's just going to be buried in your end unless you have Zach McEwen out there doing what he does, and he's really the only player in that bottom six that's consistently played well and, and honestly played some of the best hockey on the team. Um, what have you guys been seeing? You said it best. We just The, the whole team's the offensive hole. They haven't scored more than three goals in, in 11 games, and – um, out of the 11, those 11 games, I think we only scored three goals, one, two, two times. So only out of the last 11 games, we scored a total of three goals, three goals, and four goals were highest scoring games. I mean, two, two, one, two, two. You just, you're not going to win many hockey games in the NHL scoring one or two goals a game. And it's just the lack of depth. I know we're, we're ravaged with injuries and COVID, but I mean, it's got to be the organization has to be better with drafting and having guys that could fill in for a couple games and put a puck in the net or just look like 
they belong in the NHL. They have no one on offense that's really young. Zach McEwen, that, that that's it. And he's not even the greatest like offensive guy. He's just an all around go getter. He just he just gets it done. He plays hockey the right way. And I wish some of the younger guys would, would follow his his uh his step. Mm-hmm. Jess, what are your thoughts? And again again with like the um the injury, like the injury bug that the Flyers are going through right now. Um you have literally offensive holes with Couturier being out for God knows how long. Kevin Hayes is probably going to be out for a long time now. So you have two spots now that you have to fill, and those guys are key players. So who who do you have to fill those shoes? Yeah. Like, literally, who do you have to fill those shoes? Because they're just – they're – usually high high productivity i guess you could say players and you don't have anybody who can match up to that yeah absolutely um mentioning there in the comments flyers alley saying wade allison will be up soon for hayes which will be good he he plays sort of like McEwen does but he he has a finishing ability too that he's shown when he's in the nhl so i'm really excited to watch him play i live in where i live used to go watch him play at miami university every once in a while when western michigan would be in town and, and he was always just a grinder everywhere on the ice um hopefully he can stay healthy he's had some uh some injury issues throughout his career, but having him back should be big. Um, I think another big, big part of this issue and something I noticed watching last night's game, especially um, just on the hockey side and the way they play this forward group on the regroups, they're, they're, they're good at the breakout and they're good at playing the rush. But when the puck gets dumped in and the D tries to regroup, this forward group doesn't swing. They don't, they don't move. They just sit in the neutral zone. And then when the primary pass moves up to a wing or a center, they're sort of just flat footed. No one's swinging for them. And they force the secondary pass into traffic or dump it and dump and chase hockey just isn't top six hockey. So to see lines with guys like Giroux and Konechny doing that just because positionally they're not doing the right things in certain aspects of the game, it's really frustrating because you know that they could be, playing a lot better with just a little bit of giving a fuck. Um, and so that's that's one of the most frustrating things. And I don't know if that goes to the players or the coaches or whatever, but I mean, someone's got to realize, like, you just have to play the game the right way and things will start to click and they're just playing the game the wrong way. Yeah, that, that's. I feel like all they do is dump and chase, and it's not working. So they need to figure something else out because it's awful. It's really, yeah. it's not working. And you have, I feel like half and a quarter of the time when they're dump chasing, they're hitting closer to the net, and it just. Doop. Yeah. So yeah. it's they. I don't think there's time figure out what's going to work for them for the rest of the year, but they got to find something temporary. Yeah, because, yeah, dump and chase hockey doesn't really work when you never win the chase. 
um, on the defense. So yeah. <laughs> the defense with this team has been absolutely atrocious. It's probably been the biggest issue with the team all year. The forward group is bad as they've been, can't score when the puck doesn't get out of our zone. Um, so biggest issues with this, obviously no number one defenseman. We hoped Ryan Ellis would be that this year. We've hoped Provorov would be that his entire career. Um, but but with Ellis out and Provorov really playing hockey that looks like he's regressed, there's none of that. Um, so what can this team do to sort of patch up this defense and stop giving up three, four, five goals a game, and especially goals anytime it's it's an impo- uh, important moment within the game? Uh, I don't know if you can patch that. I mean, you're pretty much – you got what you got this year, and it's going to have to happen, you know, in, in practice and, and by the coaches. But obviously, either the players aren't listening or the coaches aren't coaching. It's one or the other. But like you just said, Provorov's been supposed to be this great top defenseman. So we heard about the past few years, and it seems like with any of our prospects, is there something wrong with our development? You know, it doesn't seem like any – look at Knack. I mean, I understand he goes to one of the best teams in the league, so that's automatically going to make you look better, but he's still playing well. Is it just what – is going on in our, our system again back to our organization it's just been poor with any type of draft pick any type of hire crazy the defense was supposed to be our strong point this year after all the moves we made you know i i still like wrist lining i hope that they don't try to move him because um i know that um i heard on the radio today he was a possibility and i mean yandel's been a disappointment i've never never liked braun Sandheim wants to be a, a forward so damn bad. He just likes to jump up and, you know, get stuck in, in, in their zone. So, yeah, I don't see it being fixed this year. I think we're just – we just got a bad year of hockey to get through. Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, with Sandheim wanting to be a forward so damn bad, I think – I mean, all of our defensemen just try and, and jump up too much when when – Nick Sealer's been in. He he's settled down. He's played up and down, um, but but he's he's not as bad as Yandel and Sandheim. But Yandel and Sandheim just legitimately don't really look like they care about the defensive side of the puck. And when you draft an offensive-minded defenseman, you want it to be someone like Zach Wierenski, someone like we're hoping Cam York will turn into. And with the way he's played, the tenacity he has on the defensive end, he could turn into possibly. Um, but, but these guys, yeah, they just want to jump in the rush and they, they want to get that shot from the point and then they don't want to hop back and play on the defensive end. They don't have that clock in their head that's like one, two, three seconds now get back to the point when they do jump in the rush. And, and it just leads to them not being what they need to be and hanging out their partners to dry away more often than not. Yeah, and they don't have the speed at all oh, to get yeah. back. It's like they think they do, but they don't. I mean, that's – the way I know enforcers and stuff might be making their way back in and, you know, some tough, rough hockey could be making his way back in. But the, the game's still about speed. Players are only getting faster and faster with every sport. So you, you got to draft some more speed. You got to get some more speed. I, I like the wrist line and being tough in front of the net. So your other guys got to be speed guys. Yandel is 
just slow as hell. And you can see it. That's why his minutes are, are cut extremely right now. He's just been so bad. And I really hope they start giving York some more minutes. I mean, at this point, what do you got to lose? So mm-hmm. See what the kid can do with more minutes. He's only getting, I think, about 9 to 12 minutes a game. Bump that up. He can't be much worse than the guys you're giving, like, Sanheim 25 minutes a game. Exactly. Yeah. I feel the same way about Zamula too. I think he's definitely not like ready to be a good NHLer, but I think there's a lot he can learn from being at this level versus being stuck down at the AHL level. When you've guys like Kevin Connaughton and um, and Nick Sealer in the lineup that aren't NHLers really to the extent that they need to be to, to earn that spot, I, I don't see why we're not developing young talent. I agree. Jess, what are your thoughts? Um, so, yeah, so the whole um, off-season pickups and all that was it – was, it was all defensemen. And, honestly, it's been said it's going to – keeping said we're going to say it somewhere until our throats bleed it's literally it should have happened and it's not happening and like you said what do we lose like switch along and switch up the defensive pairings we're not making the playoffs so let's just do some experimenting mike yo do it switch it up yep call jesse bell he's got a lineup list for you right now (laughs) <laughs> all right That's so then solid. but yeah yandles he's he's not doing it for me bristow's getting the hit so he's really the only guy that's putting the um putting the body so like it's literally just he throws his body around everywhere into players all the time and at least we have that yep on to the goaltenders. So, personally, I think Carter Hart's played some good hockey in spite of our defense. I think my one issue with him, and it's been the same issue that I've had with him since early in his career, is it takes him a while to settle into games. He gives up a lot of bad goals early and then goes on to make, like, 30 straight saves and play a really good game. Um but when you have a team that's this temperamental and playing this poorly and and he can't make timely saves early to keep the momentum that we start to generate and it sort of just lets our tires get deflated entirely early, it's uh it's it's been tough to sort of watch him play with this team, with that being one of his struggles and this team needing every last bit of confidence they can get to stay in a game. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if we really have any goaltending issues right now. I think it's more defensive issues leading to goaltending issues, just like it did at the end of last year. Um, I feel like Carter Hart's going to start pressing to try to be the hero and, and make the big saves and get out of position. And goaltending is probably 95% your position. And if you start getting out of position because you're pressing or you're, you're going to start guessing of what's going to happen – then you're going to start getting lit up. And I just hope it's not another year of that because then he's really going to start getting his head and we could possibly ruin another young player with Carter Hart. 
so I have something that I would like to say. Um, just going off of like Carter Hart, yeah, he's not. He's playing. He's playing good hockey. He really is. Um, he has no, no. The word, the word has escaped my brain, but he has no help. Help. We'll just use that chance? defensive no help. Chance? That's not the word I wanted yeah. to use, but no, he's so. His numbers. I don't know big words, so if it was big, helps all you're getting. From so me. I'll just say help. All right, that okay, that works. He has no defensive help, um, but it, so he's one of the best goalies in the league. Like he, but he's so he has a losing record, but he has a under three goals against average and a save percentage of nine eleven. Like that, those aren't bad numbers for someone with yeah. a five game. Like for having a losing record, those are phenomenal numbers. Yeah, so that's that just goes to show you that he has no goal support. Support. That's I think that's the word I was looking for. Support. Yeah, and I think so he, has, I he think, has no goal support. I think you that's see it especially issue. on the uh, um, when this team's playing well because him and Martin Jones play so effectively when this team is is playing well and when they're scoring goals and when they they're generating offensive looks and they're not hanging out in their defensive zone the entire time. These guys are both solid, serviceable goaltenders, and they're both um, goaltenders that could – a duo that could take a lot of good teams deep in the playoffs. But, but yeah, there's no support. It's 35 shots a night. And for a goalie that's dealing with confidence issues coming off of last year and a goalie at the age Martin Jones is who's just not, like, in his prime right now anymore – um, it, it really makes it tough when there's no support from this team, and that's that's what they need mostly. And they like go the difference between the beginning the beginning of the season and now. Um, like you're getting you're getting the goals. Like we had six to one, six to three wins, um, and like you said, the the goalie tandem is doing much better. <clears throat> when the team in front of producing it. And that's like, it's a shame because you can't have one or not, like one or the other. You really can't. It's like one, one player shits the bed and they all shit the bed. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. On the view to the week. What are your guys' takes? Jess, you said you had a good one. Did I? Oh, Jesse Bell said he is he died. Oh. In the chat. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse, go for it. He has a sound, yeah, a sound clip. Let's go, bud. Is he paying attention? Is he here? Uh, Hello? He, there it goes. <laughs> He might have to be in in the stream with us. There uh, he is. I was trying to there use is. a sound clip, and it it, it, it I like it <laughs> in here. Now, senior, your mic became. Hey, bud. There it is. I have to be on. Okay. All right. Moving on. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Jesse right. Bell's backstage producing for us Wait. tonight. Thanks, Jesse. Makes it easy. Look, he's not even hosting us. the show, and he said moving on. <laughs> All right. 
beaut of the week i got i got three i was thinking of i'm having a hard time picking between them what are your guys' thoughts three i mean i'm it's hard for me to find one and you got three i got <laughs> well not not that they everything's been beautiful but that there was at least one beautiful moment from each of them <laughs> i mean I would say that the beer stein was the beauty of the week for the Flyers, but even that was smaller from what I was seeing on Twitter <laughs> than what they gave away three years ago. Yeah. yeah. At least it was glass it looked like instead of plastic. Yeah, right. Um, um, I would probably just say TK. He scored twice, even though one was a lucky goal. But I, yeah. I have to go with TK. He, hopefully he can start lighting the lamp. You know, sometimes it takes that lucky bounce – get you out of your funk and just start sniping away if he can control the puck for once in his life. Jess, your take? I'll go Risto. Like he's 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 hitting everybody. We don't we don't have that. It's it's good. Yep. I was gonna go off off the rails and say that the beauty of the week was not a flyer. I'm not even gonna say because I don't want anybody to be pissed off at me. I, but um, yeah, I'll go Risto. I was gonna give it to Zach Mac for eating three, four solid Zanachara uppercuts for this team because oh, yeah, yeah. he does absolutely anything he can to get this team into it. Um, and I hope I hope he's a flyer. I was gonna say Mac, but yeah. The other one I was thinking of with this, um, just Cam York. He just he plays like he wants to be out on the ice, and most of this team doesn't. And it's just a breath of fresh air watching him play because it's like in the rest of this shit hockey. When he's out on the ice, it actually feels like hockey, and like he moves the puck and he gets guys in places where he needs them, and he he's been generating chances, and and it's it's starting to come to fruition for him. I'm really excited for him to be a regular in this lineup. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's, it's just so depressing. All right. Next long-term IR. Why, why are we not using it yet? Um, we have a great opportunity to toss guys on the long-term IR and open up cap space and take salary dumps, just terrible players on bad contracts um, from playoff teams so they can get other guys and, and get compensated with seconds, firsts. It, it happens all the time. Arizona's been doing it for a few years now as they, they sort of pick up um, on their rebuild and then they're sort of getting to the spot where they're drafting guys now. But um, why, why don't you think we have these guys on long-term IR yet? There's obviously nothing happening this year. Just let them heal and have them back 100% next year. Because, again, they want butts in the seats. They don't want us to think that our playoff hopes are gone. From top to bottom, it's just been a failure. GM, everybody, it's been terrible the past 10 years. And I don't care if we made the playoffs every other year or whatever. I mean, I, I just don't know how, what was it, two seasons ago in the, um, in the bubble, how it went from a game away from the Eastern Conference Finals to the past two seasons being one of the worst hockey teams in the NHL. Uh, I mean, that's 
that's just terrible management by by the GM and everyone surrounding them. Player <clears throat> development, everything. That's so. That's, that's why silly, I don't Jake. think they're using. Silly. Yeah, that's true. We just can't draft. Yeah. <laughs> but long time, I, it's just mismanagement by the GM. And again, I think it's it's probably because they don't want to show the Flyers fans. Coots and Hayes are two are two big guys that put uh, butts in the seats, and yeah. they don't want people to be like, oh. They're out for eight to twelve weeks. I'm not buying tickets for eight to twelve weeks. Um, me personally, I'm not buying tickets this season. But I mean, that, that's how a lot of people do think, though. They think there's Flyers fans out there that still think we can make the playoffs. Even I mean, I know anything happened, but with how poorly they played, I don't know how as a hockey fan you can't take your orange and black glasses off and see that this isn't a good hockey team. Yeah, no, not it at all. It would be a fucking miracle. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I like that point you made about bad drafting because I think this it, our, our draft picks have been not what we needed out of them the last 10 years, but at the same on the same note, we've not had good draft positions other than Nolan Patrick. We've picked top 10, I think. And look how that turned out. Well, well, I'm saying for a team at least that was uh, like a team that, that won one playoff series in a decade to pick top five once, top ten, I think two other times, one of those being Couturier. Uh, for where we picked guys, we didn't get terrible return, but it's this team's inability to just be bad um, and, and really commit to that because if you have – three, four, five top five picks in a span of six, seven years, you're you have a pretty good chance of of building something out of that. And that's what you see like teams like Detroit are doing and, and they're able to pick these guys high and, and sort of get that back. Or you get the number one pick and you really, really go down to the bottom and get a, a difference maker. Uh, and on top of that, bad contracts every year all over the place have doomed this team because then they tell you that these kids that are coming up are going to be top guys, but then you have nothing around them. Maybe these guys could be, you know, top prospects coming in, but when you have to pay, you know, vet minimums and things like that because you got contracts all over the place where guys aren't even on your team anymore, it kind of, you know, ties your hands to, to put guys around the young talent as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of accountability with this, with this team right now, um, I think a big, big part of them getting back on track is not letting Chuck Fletcher operate on the hockey side of things um, just completely independently. The fact that he's president of hockey operations and GM, a huge problem. Um, there needs to be someone else in that organization that, that can at least be a second input on decisions made because when, when everything goes unchecked, a lot of times things just are, are thought about not enough. Um, and I think, I think having someone else there to sort of, even if it's just play devil's advocate with him, but, but another hockey mind that might not always agree with them would definitely help. Um, what were some guys, things you guys were thinking about in terms of accountability and, and what we can do to sort of get that back in this team and franchise as a whole? I mean, if you listen to a lot of the guys, they all sound like they hold themselves accountable. 
but is the coach holding them accountable and pushing them in practice to be better? Or are they just saying it and not, you know, acting on it? And if anything, saying, you know, actions speak louder than words. And that just, it seems like they're just blowing smoke up our ass and going out and just doing the same old shit in practice. You know, you got to get good in practice to be great, great in games. And I don't know if it's the coach not holding them accountable or what, but um, I just don't see just hit it on the head earlier. The coach isn't going to be around next season. And I mm-hmm. think it's starting to show with the players because they're not listening to a guy that like, you know, you're not going to be around it. And he's also a guy who got fired from a team. That team went on to win a Stanley cup. Why, why am I going to listen to this guy? Yeah. And that, that does play into it as well. So I, I just think, I don't think they're going to make a coaching change. I think they're going to wait till the off season, but that's why I'm just ready for another bad half of hockey. And we've been talking about accountability for weeks now. Years. Um, and it's, I just mean like on, on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a problem. And like, like Jake said, the players are, they're, they are holding their own accountability. They are not putting blame on anything in particular, but they also have a little bit of rose colored glasses because they're on the team. Um, but I do think that it does have a little bit of an issue, like has a, has to do with coaching. Like I said before, like Jake just said, they don't have a coach right now. They have a, a temp, they have a fill in, they have someone standing there watching them practice. If they're even practice because are they practicing like it's it's really it's i'm just ready like i'm ready i'm ready for a change yeah more change higher change they just need a kick in the ass because when this team is fully healthy it's a team that can play but they need seemingly a lot of external motivation to get anything going because it's not coming from within they don't need a kick in the ass. They need a swift kick right in the crotch is what they need. Something, yeah. All right, on the milestone tracker, big one this week. TK finally, finally, Yay. finally scored his 100th goal. Um, Well-deserved. He's been a solid player over the past few years for us. It's hard to judge him harshly with with how this whole team's been underperforming when no one can get anything going. Um, But that's big for him. He scored again in the next game and got 101. So hopefully he can uh, get a little streak going and and start to get his numbers back up for the season, which I think he will with how bad his shooting percentage has been um, compared to the rest of his career. But that was a big one. Um, another one I wanted to mention was, uh, Keith Yandel is, is at second right now in the race for the green jacket. He's only trailing, uh, Jacob Chikrin, who's at minus 29 Yandel's at minus 21 on the season. So we'll see if he can get all the way down to the bottom there and win the masters. Um, but, then, the bottom, but they're cutting his minutes. So he might <laughs> it. Exactly. 
to race against himself. Remember how yep. Jake, you remember how like pissed off we were in the beginning of the season when like we're, they were talking about like Seth Jones and stuff and how he had like a negative ten and now Keith Yandel is like a negative twenty one and it's like <laughs> oh <laughs> and he's actually on our team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and meanwhile, Seth Jones actually not. We're like, thank God we didn't get Seth Jones, but yeah, not like he's, number, he's back. But not yeah, <laughs> we definitely helped this defense. We were just we were talking so so much shit on him before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would he would certainly help this this lineup, but uh, but but not at <laughs> not at nine and a quarter, never. No. Um. <laughs> So, game tomorrow night against the Blue Jackets, 7 p.m. That's in Philadelphia. Um, let's hope that they don't make it 10 straight for the second time, even though that would be a little bit funny um, in two months to do that. When they, what is it, 20, it'll be two 10 game losing streaks in 27 games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how. Um, uh so i'm honestly i I I, sorry go ahead i just want to say something real quick before we go to the next game um so i'm actually rooting for a loss um because what else do we have to like we don't have anything else to look forward to so why don't we just go for it you know like let's look (laughs) We had that one start, season start when tanking. Buffalo lost like seventeen in a row, and then they won against us. That was embarrassing. But like maybe, maybe we can hit like a number like that. That's uh, exciting. I guess, yeah, you could do like the uh, when the Browns <laughs> fans had a parade when they went zero and sixteen. Yeah, like like yeah, we just got to embrace the tank. That's that's what we never we've yeah, never made bring, it. Bringing Sam Hankey from the Sixers. Yeah, the issue the issue is this draft at the top. I it, it, this this fan base can't take a guy that's going to be like he sure like Hughes, like someone that's going to take a while to develop if we end up with the number one overall pick. And Shane Wright it just didn't make a big step this year from last year and in his scoring or anything, um, especially with dealing with an injury at the beginning of the year. So. It's not reassuring that even if we get that top pick, it might be something that's two, three, four years out from being a point per game, game breaker, difference maker type of guy. That'll be what happens. We'll get the number one pick this year. We'll get a kid who's okay. And then next year we'll get the second overall pick and it'll be, you know, the next Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin coming out. Yeah. Like the whole um, JVR, Patrick Kane, you know, we got, yeah, why can't we get a second overall when it's like Ovechkin Malkin? Like, where's where's our Malkin? <laughs> um, no, but there's one guy I really do like in this draft. Assuming we're probably going to be picking somewhere between like four and seven, um, kid out of the Czech Republic named David Juracek. He's one of the highest ranked defensemen in the draft, but he he's a little bit lower on the overall skater. Um, but but I think that he. Uh, He's a 6'3", number one defenseman, and, and I think he could – he plays with men right now in, in that Czech league, and I think he could be solid for us, that that guy that Provorov never was. Um, so there is some hope, but it'll have to be up to uh, 
it'll have to be up to this organization to to make the right decision. So there might not. Daniel be. Linsky no says, "Make Provi a wing or let him go." I said that about Ghost when he was here. Uh, now that's yeah. someone who should they should have moved the wing. Yeah. So Provorov is not not offensive. That would do us no good. Yeah, he's he's only he's only he's really good at offense and overtime, and that's it. Yeah, when yeah. Mm-hmm. Just wide open and three on three. Yeah, so uh, I'd probably be good on three on three. Friggin' wide open ice. <laughs> yeah. So Jackets tomorrow night. Maybe they make it ten straight again. Maybe not. Sabers on Saturday. That should be another game that it's like. Hey, they could beat that team. It's like the Isles last night. It's, but, but, will they? Probably not. And they can't come out and like lay eggs against bad teams. You know, it's like yeah. when you're a good team, you come out, you lose to a bad team. Oh, they couldn't get up for it. Like, dude, no yeah. one's getting up for you anymore as the Philadelphia Flyers, and that's exactly. where we should be embarrassed as a fan base. I mean. We're going to be the team that start, you know, a good team comes to town and we beat them because they're, you know, sleeping on the ice because they, they think they're just going to walk over to Philadelphia Flyers. That's how the Flyers feel about these lower competition games and they're still getting beat. And if yeah. they do that again in the next two games, we might go for 11 in a row because these are two winnable games. And if you yes. don't at least split, then there's there's got to be big changes coming after the weekend if – you fall to 11 in a row, losing to the Islanders twice, then um, the Blue Jackets and the Sabres, that's that's pathetic. Yeah, yeah. Just got mentioned that we lost to the Sabres bad last year too, and they were terrible. I think yeah, that was just six, that earlier. It was like 20-something. loss. Yep. They yeah. rolled the hell out of us. Absolutely brutal. And, yeah, I think that's it. This team, this team like – needs the external motivation because it's obviously not coming from the coach and usually it comes from the other team in the form of getting scored on. But when, when you come out flat against teams that are also hungry for wins, like we need to be the team that's really hungry for wins. Um, and, and the other teams are always the ones just jumping on us first. It's slow starts. It's no energy until they're in a position where their backs are against the wall and they need a few goals. But, um, yeah, they, they really need to figure it out and, and start start at least playing with, with a level of energy from the puck drop that had, just hasn't been there. And honestly, like, I feel like last night was the only game that I can remember, like, in my memory bank of recent that, we actually Dan, had a lead. Then the trade deadline is Monday, March 21st. Yeah, so there's there's still some time um, till that. Um, but yeah, it's it's all just about about us getting the energy and, and getting up to come and play these games, and and it just it it needs to. Someone needs to get this team going and. It's 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 unfortunate that the leadership hasn't been able to yet. Jake, you want to take it away with this Flyers Kings game? 
Yep. Flyers and Kings next Saturday, January 29th at 1 p.m. We'll be live from Iceworks in Aston, PA. We um, got a good partnership with them going on. They're giving us their own little booth and everything. We're going to be having a good time, drinking some beers, talking some Flyers hockey, probably just talking hockey in general, um, a, a live viewing of the game. It should be a, a hell of a day. So check us out, you know, on Facebook and Twitter, wherever you're following us, watching now. Check us out then. It should be even more fun. We'll have, um, I think, the mayor of uh, John Street. Is that who it is? Um, yeah. He's supposed and to be Cameron on there. And Cameron from Fly Guys. Yeah, and Cameron from Fly Guys is supposed to be there as well. So um, we'll be doing a collab with some other Flyers shows um, around the Philadelphia area. So check that out. It's going to be a good time. All right. Well, okay. Um, if we're real quick, um, this wasn't planned or anything, but um, I don't know if this was in there, but the date of the event at Iceworks, the Tyler Amber Athletic Scholarship fundraiser, is the date got changed to Saturday, March fifth, same time. It's on the event yeah, page on Facebook. Yeah. All so right. Check out that event page and yeah. And this Sunday on um, Flyers Alley, Frank the Animal Bilalis has huge news and um, he'll be on this Sunday at one o'clock. So check out Jesse, Wade, Frankie, and Frank the Animal. It's always a good time when we got him on there. He's absolutely wild. And unfortunately, yeah, you know. yeah, we're no longer with <laughs> Kenwood beer. You know, it, it was a good light beer, had a cool logo. They just, they don't know how to work with, um, with other sponsorships. They, they think they can just run over people and do whatever the hell they want and not, you know, help each other out like a hand. If you're going to work with Flyers Alley and Old City Sports Network, we're going to work with you. It's not going to be one way. It's not going to be a one-way street. It's going to be a two-way street. So um, we got uh, something in the works with, with another beer company. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for Kenwood Beer. We, we tried to push them. They didn't want to push us. Like I said, it's a two-way street, and that, that's how we'll work with anyone that wants to work with us. Couldn't have said it better. All right. Well, you guys got anything else? Um, good news if you're a Philadelphia four for four guy. My uh, man Joel and B dropped fifty tonight. Um, first player since Michael Jordan to have fifty and twelve plus rebounds while um, shooting seventy three percent or higher. So yeah, we got that going for us. I saw you get twenty four at half. The big D's. Yeah. I love that. At least we have one one draft pick that hit in Philadelphia. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe the only one, but but it's a big one. Well, All right. Well, well, great show, guys. Yeah, everybody, make sure to check out Flyers Alley on Facebook. Flyer, follow Flyers Alley on Twitter at Flyers Alley One, and check us out. Where else are we? OldCitySports.com and. Instagram at Flyers Alley. So check us out. Hope you guys all enjoyed the show. It was nice being on with you guys. It's great getting my first one in. 
And Good job, Donnie. Thank you. Many more, Donnie. Many we more. We will see you all next week. Body check wellness.